0: Welcome to What's Up with DJ Podcast. I'm your host, DJ. Each week, I bring you topics about current events, career development, finance, holistic living, life hacks, and stories of inspiration and humor, all from a spiritual perspective. As you may be well aware, this month is African American History Month. I wanted to take this month to introduce an African American author each week during the month of February. As I begin scheduling these authors, I notice something. Ironically, each author I'll be introducing this month is of African American descent, female, and we will be discussing forgiveness at some level. My guest this week is Dr. Charlotte Stokes Manning, author of the number one Amazon best-selling book, "Forgive." Facing Your Fears by Releasing the Chains That Bind You, which is a part of her Forgive You book series. On February 14th, I will again be discussing forgiveness with Dr. Rose Marie Downer, author of the book The High Call of Forgiveness. It's a Mandate. Then on February 21st, I will be discussing forgiveness with author and etiquette expert Jackie vernon Thompson. Jackie's book is titled Transformative Etiquette A Guide to Love and Refining Self. She'll share how she forgave her father. We will wrap the month up with author Corey Ann Holmes, author of the book South Island Tiny House. She now resides in New Zealand and will discuss the FIRE movement, which stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And she tells us who she had to forgive. I always like to know your thoughts about these conversations. And I like to hear what uh, what are your thoughts about forgiveness? And you can always email me at DJ at what'supwithdj.com. That's dj at what'supwithdj.com. And you can also find the email address in the show description. Your thoughts, opinions, and comments are always encouraged and appreciated. So with that being said, let's get right into the show. My guest this week is Dr. Charlotte Stokes Manning, She is the founder and CEO of infinityministry.com. Dr. Charlotte has over 25 years of experience helping to create a deeper understanding of the connections and possibilities with faith-based organizations and corporations through her approach of using universal principles based in truth, forgiveness, faith, gratitude, and love. She has worked with a few of my favorite people like Tony Robinson, Marianne Williams, Oprah Winfrey, Steadman Graham, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, and Dr. Barbara King. She specializes in helping others achieve their dreams and goals. She's placed, she places an special emphasis on empowering women, particularly with 50. But her core message is, don't let your past defeat you, let it teach you. Officially known as Dr. Forgiveness. She is the number one Amazon bestseller for her book, Forgive, placing a special emphasis on the F, which stands for facing your fears by releasing the chains that bind you. It's a part of your of the forgive you series. Thank you for joining me.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, I we are both Unity members and Uh, The first time I visited Unity because a friend referred me to ask me to come. And you were speaking that week, it's about 2010, 2011. And I was just blown away. I was blown away because you were talking about things that I've never had anyone in a church mention to me, like Course in Miracles, uh, the power of now. And we even meditated during that service. And I thought, wow, yes, you have a copy of it right here. She has, to, I actually have a, copy. She has a copy of it for the people who are listening to the episode. She has a copy of the Course in Mirrors right in front of her. Uh, and, and I knew that after you spoke, I knew that that would be my church home. Oh. And, and um, Reverend Sylvia, who's actually the, the, the lead uh, reverend there, she wasn't there that week. But I knew that after you talked, that that would be um, just a, it's going to be a place that I definitely wanted to return to many times.
1: That's awesome. Thank you. What a compliment. You know, Reverend Sylvia has been my mentor and my teacher at unity of Washington, DC, since I returned back here in uh, September of 2005. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, uh, I worked for Marianne Williamson, who is the ultimate teacher of a course. So I have had the amazing opportunity to have had some of the most phenomenal teachers. And I mean, literally being in the room with and sitting at the feet of people like Deepak Chopra, Mm -hmm. Kate uh Neil Donald Walsh, James Redfield, um, Dr. Barbara King. In fact, Dr. Barbara, uh, um, who since passed away in last summer, uh, Dr. Barbara ordained me. So I have uh I've been in this school for a long time, but I had some history, you know, and if you would permit, I'd like to share a little bit of that. Yes, yes. Okay. You know, I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia in 1951. And I know I look really good for seven (laughs)
0: years. You do, you do.
1: But I, uh, or in addition to that, I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, which was, for all intents and purposes, segregated. It was not the Deep South, but it was still the Confederate South. So we had colored and white bathrooms during my era, colored and white water fountains. And, you know, a lot of times when I tell people this, they are blown away. And I said, you know, integration is only about 60 years old. Mm -hmm. So think about, you know, a lot of those times back then, we lived in segregated communities, we didn't know we were poor until integration happened. And Mm -hmm. white people told us we were poor, but we grew up in an environment where, you know, my parents owned their own home and, you know, we had both of my, my parents worked and even though they were not formally educated, they, you know, they, we, we were by, by today's standards, uh, middle-class family. Okay. But as I was growing up, I went to Catholic school. And in the second grade, I was preparing for my first Holy Communion. And the priest, we had a Black Catholic school, St. Joseph's in Alexandria, mm. and St. Mary's was the white Catholic school. Mm. So we had a, a Black nuns, the only Black order of nuns in the United States which was the Appalachian Sisters of Providence. And we, uh, they were the nuns at this school and we had one white priest. And we could not figure out if this priest had been demoted or what <laughs> happened to him that he got relegated to this black this black parish, right? So as we were preparing for our first Holy Communion, uh, Father came in and he was talking to us about all the things that we could expect, you know, from taking our first Holy Communion. But prior to that, we did our first confession. So Father told us, he said, listen, you know, if you are really, 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 really good kids, you know, the best you could hope for is purgatory. That wow. they don't even exist anymore but we could not go to heaven we could not directly go to heaven pass go and collect our $200 <laughs> <laughs> to to go to heaven because we were black wow because of the sins of ham we could not go to heaven we were cursed and could not go to heaven because we were black Now, I tell this story in my first book, The uh, Four Ingredients to Spiritual Peace. And this is where, unbeknownst to myself, I began my forgiveness work. Mm. I hated that priest.
0: Yeah, this this is horrible, horrible. You
1: can tell me that God created me only to condemn me because of the color of my skin. Mm. It took me 50 years, 50 years to forgive that priest. And then I had a relationship with my father. My father had to marry my mother because she got pregnant with me. And back in those days in the 50s, if you got a girl in trouble, mm-hmm. you could marry her. so I was recognized as a mistake and mm-hmm. trouble. Okay. The shot,
0: a shotgun wedding, huh?
1: Yeah. What do they call it? But think about that. I have a priest that told me I can't go to heaven because I'm black. I got a father that tells me that I'm trouble, and he. The only reason he I'm in mean his life is because he had to marry my mother. I was a mm-hmm. mistake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The most important men in my life told me I literally was not going to amount to anything. Yeah, yeah. So, as a as a seven year old or eight year old, you. You begin to process these kinds of things, and you begin yeah. to identify. Well, I'm I'm never going to amount to anything. What's worth putting forth the effort to do that? Right. So, I I became rather rebellious as I uh, began to evolve it scholastically. I did things in defiance. You know, back in those days, you had venial sins and mortal sins. If you ate meat on Friday, that was a <laughs> mortal sin. Okay. If you curse somebody out, that was a mortal sin. They had all these rules and stuff in the Catholic <laughs> Church. But I would do things in defiance. I would just mm-hmm. I would be defiant. I said, if I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to earn my way in. There.
0: Okay. <laughs> But my father would say, I want to bust Hill wide open, but he would also mention say, to my mother that, you know, when she would say he was going to go to Hill, she would say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to Hill along with half of the church. <laughs> We're all going to go Hill together, you know.
1: When you're yeah. talking, talking about a seven or eight-year-old impressionable young person, now mm-hmm. I realize in hindsight that I had to have that experience in order for me to be doing the work that I do now. Yeah, and I, I I've often said that you know I came to spirituality, not religion, because I I I did everything. Yeah, there is a difference. Fighting, screaming, I've been everything. I went from Catholicism. I left the church at nineteen when I could, and then I became a Muslim, and then I got caught up in the Muslim thing that women had to sit in the back and only the guys would mm. sit in the front and. Didn't like that. Then I became a Baptist, got baptized in the Baptist church. (laughs) And I would see that there was more sin going on in there than the law (laughs) allowed. So I just I kept I kept wanting a relationship with God, but I couldn't I couldn't find Find it it, in, in organized religion. So I ended up going into Ramtha School of Enlightenment. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. He does a lot of work on the uh, on evolve the brain, but I I went to Ramtha school with Dr. Joe, with Linda Evans, with John Travolta, Shirley McLean, Earth Wind and Fire. This was the new age, and this okay. was back in the eighties. But okay. when I was introduced, Ramtha told me something that literally blew my hair back.
0: And so who told you this?
1: Ramtha. R-A-M-T-H-A. Ramtha the enlightened one. And this was a being that channeled himself through the body of this woman named Jay-Z Knight. Okay. And Ramtha told me something that changed the trajectory of my life. Ramtha said to me, you are God. I looked around both sides of me. <laughs> I'm waiting for the lightning to strike. Okay, I'm waiting for the, all the hell and damnation for, for the world to open up and to go to the everlasting fires of hell. And all. But I remember when Ramtha said that, it resonated for me. And I came to realize that the only difference between us and God is that God created us. We Mm -hmm. did not create God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's the difference? But if you look at the sun, the rays that come, we are extensions of the sun. We're not the ball itself, but we are an extension from that. Mm -hmm. So when he said, you are God, I was like, whoa. Sacrilege. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah, in the church, absolutely. Absolutely a sacrilege, but it resonated for me because it was not religion; mm-hmm. it was spiritual connection. Yeah. So after I left Ramtha School, I, I uh, my career took me to Detroit. I worked for the Nordstrom company. So what
0: year was this?
1: This was in. I went into Ramtha School in 1984. Mm-hmm. And I left Rampus school in 1996. Okay. 1995, I met Marianne Williamson. Okay. And Marianne introduced me to A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. That was,
0: it. was she in LA at the time? I know she teaches that in LA.
1: Marianne had become unbeknownst to me. Now I worked for Nordstrom at the time. So this is how the universe works. If you look at the synchronicity of the universe, you can see just how you came into my life. That's a story. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't looking for you. You weren't looking for me, but the connection happened by a vehicle named Sylvia Sumter Ah. Uh-huh. or divine connection. You mm-hmm. see, because we don't, we don't know how people are going to, when we ask A Course in Miracles teaches us. It is the universe's job to answer your prayers. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everything you ask for, the universe is going to give to you. The caveat is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. So in unity, we say our thoughts are prayers. Yes. Our thoughts are prayers. Take charge of what you're saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Reach a higher consciousness, a place of peacefulness, and know that God is always, always there. there. And every thought
0: becomes a prayer.
1: Every thought, not, not this thought or that thought, but every thought. Mm-hmm. So we have to be mindful of the things that we say and the things that we do. Mm-hmm. And as Reverend Sylvia talked about this past Sunday, we have to become sovereign Mm
0: consciousness yeah because that brings us back to the i am god the thing that you were saying earlier you know the um the first time i saw it was that was a special that Shirley mcclain did back in the 80s i believe and she did some kind of you saw it and 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 in and in that 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 movie i'm sure it was a documentary or but it was a movie about her life and she was being told that you know, your God Mm -hmm. and and the physical manifestation of God. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I ever heard such a thing. Like, that's... It's totally she, egoic is <laughs> what I, I felt when I heard it.
1: And she was defiant in it. She wanted the world to know. And that's what made it acceptable. I, you know, I say that there are so many teachers out there now, Deepak and Marianne and all of them, but Sher- Shirley McLean was the one who made it. They they called her cuckoo and she didn't mm-hmm. care. But mm-hmm. everything that she began to say made sense in consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, for all those years, we had been told that it was sacrilegious to use the name of Jesus without bowing your head, without, you know, using the name of God, without making it a capital letter. And all of this, anytime you did something in the name of God, it was a God outside Out here there. Mm-hmm. or heaven up there. And Jesus told that the Father and I are one. Mm. What yes. does that mean? If the Father and I are one, then the oneness comes from within us, right?
0: Yeah, heaven is within you. Yes, you On know,
1: earth as it is in heaven. In yeah, heaven.
0: I, I, and I just uh, when you know, I, I I have my own ideas about why somehow that you know got to how religion has has sort of made God out there somewhere. Like the Santa Claus version, you know, of of um, of, of God, yeah. and us trying to, you know, I think we're slowly getting back to the idea that God is, you know, lives in, in in our hearts, you know, and we have to sort of, you know, tap into that. And it's not easy because, like you said, you be told that you're wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, but I always I always tell people go to go back to scripture. If I'm wrong, show me where I'm wrong because it in scripture it said God created us. We are an individualized expression of God, individualized, which means that in context, your God is not my God. Okay, mm-hmm. there's only one power and one force in the universe. Yes. So we are an extension of that force. Yes, so the, force, the force of my I am connects to the force of your I am and together we become one with that universal source we call God or Buddha Mm -hmm. or Krishna or Yahweh or Jehovah I mean whatever you name you give it religion Mm -hmm. gave God a name not God
0: right right yes yes I totally agree with you, and and that's the thing about it that you know we're, that we're trying to overcome. You know, and to me, I got it. I was like, when I first heard that, I was like, you know, I didn't like immediately believe it necessarily. Was so I you know God. You know, it's been always explained to me very differently, you know, because I was raised in a, in a Pentecostal sort of Baptist upbringing, which was great. But that was the, you know, what, what we was told that would be crazy to say that I am God, you, you know, like, what are you talking about? But I knew it sounded interesting to me and I wanted to know more. You know about what that meant, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's some It's it's a becoming. You every day you learn more about because I learned that as my life expands and grows, so does my definition of God expands and grows.
1: Exactly. You know, and, that's and the Bible never changes. Your mm-hmm. your relationship to it evolves. The words yes. in the Bible never change. They never mm-hmm. change. But your understanding grows as you mature, as you become spiritually mature. And and how we allow ourselves to the degree that we're willing to participate. Now I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you something no, really, really, really blow your hair back. Mm-hmm. We thought Pentecostal people were crazy as hell. Uh, yeah, I heard that. Before. Okay? So I'm gonna tell you, y'all. You may not have been able to say, you know, I am God, but honey, y'all was y'all was everybody in the world. That hey, was cuckoo for popcorn.
0: You're gonna be water. rolling around on the floor, throwing at the mouse.
1: Okay, and there was a Pentecostal church right across the street from my grandparents' house, and honey, they would start at eight o'clock on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and eight o'clock Sunday night, they were still banging them tears. Uh, yes. All of this, and we said them people gonna knock the bottom out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had this preconceived notion of what the relationship with God was. Mm-hmm. Look at the evolution, how we have gotten to that place where we can see God in a blade of grass. Mm -hmm. We can see that oneness of God, pure, untainted, unapologetic love in a blade of grass. And that's what led me to my work. Because a Course in Miracles, and I'm kind of segueing into it, is mm-hmm. that a Course in Miracles teaches us there are only two emotions. Mm-hmm. You're either coming from a place of love or you're coming from a place of fear. Exactly. So you ask me the question, what is forgiveness?
0: yes exactly that's that's was the one of the questions that because you know this 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 episode will will be posted will in february because i'm doing a, a uh, african-american um, author every week during this month of february and you are my first author for this month and it's so you, you yes i'm just so glad and what's so interesting about it is, is that when i decided to do it all the people that were willing to participate were all African-American women authors. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And they and they are all talking about forgiveness. Each and every one of them. Um, so your book is called Forgive. The My first book of your series.
1: Yes. It's which called- we're going to get into. Yes,
0: and um, and also another author that I talked to will, will be you know another uh, individual who her book is called Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely, when I thought about um, asking you, I wanted to. I'm asking each and every author this question: What is your definition of forgiveness?
1: Well, I'm going to. <laughs> there is no definition. For <clears throat> Um, And and as I said, A Course in Miracles teaches us that you're either coming from a place of love or you're coming from a place of fear. Therefore, the only, um, how can I say this? Um, The only way you can eliminate the need to forgive is to stay in a stasis of love. Which means, a Course in Miracles teaches us: every day you should ask yourself, "Who have I not forgiven?" Yes. Every day, if anything is not going smoothly in your life, a Course in Miracles says, "Ask: Who have I not forgiven?" Marianne, who I, I think is the utmost authority on A Course in Miracles, is doing the workbook right now. The workbook consists of 365 lessons, one lesson a day for a year. And every year she begins in January doing the course. In the course, like the Bible or the Bhagavad Gita or uh, the Torah, any of those, again, it's all about your evolutionary understanding. As you mature spiritually, so does your understanding of, of these principles. So one of the lessons we had day before yesterday, which is very profound, and I always say I always say, and you you mentioned it kind of in paraphrasing today uh, about the golden seal. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so profound what you said about that because the course teaches us says in lesson five, I am never upset for the reason I think.
0: Yeah, that's powerful.
1: So your, your need to forgive someone is because you are angry, fearful, or upset. With those two emotions, you can't diagram love down to its lowest common denominator. Love is love is love is love. Fear, uh, uh, however, you can define into its lowest common denominator. Fear uh, of uh, anything is around anger, upset, disconnection from your source. But Whenever you find yourself angry about anything, you simply need to ask yourself, who am I Who have I not forgiven? And to say to yourself, I know I'm not angry for the reason that I believe. Mm -hmm. I say, or I suggest that from the age of one to seven, we create a pattern in our frontal lobe, the mind, the brain consciousness. There are two, again, the brain and the mind. The mind is the creator of thought. The brain is the receiver of thought. Now that means if the if the mind says to you, I want a cupcake, okay, the brain looks for the file that says cupcake. Mm-hmm. Now, whatever cupcake you like, it could be a chocolate cupcake, hostess cupcake, that chocolate cupcake with the white little swirl down the corner. <laughs> know, yeah. It could be a Twinkie, which is a yellow cake with white, but your brain has a memory that's associated mm-hmm. with that word. Right. Okay. So that is how the mind interprets. So when I say you're never angry or upset about what it is you think, it's because you're looking for that memory that closely associates your upset. Mm-hmm. Now, it, that's in your past, right? Mm-hmm. The brain is a, it's, it's a computer. For all intents and purposes. If you go into a file, you put a comma, you add an S or you take out a word or you put in another word. When you go to close that file, what does it say?
0: Do you want to save?
1: Save changes, right? Mm -hmm. You either say yes or no. And if you say no, the file goes back to the way it was. Right. All right. So when you have upset from your past, you pull that upset into your present, which means you're going to drag it into your future. So mm-hmm. you're living the past, even in your present and in your future. Mm-hmm. So the only way to get rid of that is through the power of forgiveness. Yes. And that's what Reverend Sylvie was saying today about forgiving that dentist or going in there with a whole different mindset around the healing that she wanted to accomplish, anything that we need to or want to change in our lives, we got to put a dose of love on top of it.
0: Yeah, a dose of love on top of it. I- exactly. And uh, Reverend Sylvia is the, as I said earlier, is the lead reverend at the Church of Unity in uh, Unity senior
1: Church. At the Se- Unity. Sen-
0: yeah, it's a senior, senior reverend.
1: Minister at a- Unity senior Award minister. At Unity. Yes. Hey, my brother, I'm here to help you. Please do. I need
0: every bit that I can get. You know, and I want to just be sure that they they are up on um, who we're mentioning and uh, be sure that uh, we're not losing them in terms of what we're talking about. But today we had an earlier meeting earlier. um, If you want to join a community community member, remember, you just always email me at DJ at what's up with DJ dot com. And I'll tell you how to do that. We also have something called Divine Connections that we have each Wednesday and, in that conversation, we talked about a lot about when someone does something to you, and I'm gonna talk the whole situation, but uh, where you're just dissatisfied and angry because they didn't do that job correctly. And you have every single right to be pissed off and angry, but you want to do it from a place, you would rather choose compassion instead. That was part one of my conversation with Dr. Charlotte Stokes Manning. Dr. Charlotte's new book and number one bestseller, Forgive, Facing Your Fears by Releasing the Chains That Bind You is currently available for sale on Amazon. And be sure to join us Wednesday for part two of our conversation. And you can always reach out to me by contacting, uh, by emailing dj at what'supwithdj.com And until then, blessings.